Greetings. You are now listening to a podcast of elegance and class. Welcome, everybody, to Chris Talks. This is Chris Blunt. Man, I feel like we've been on such a wonderful journey. I think that this was an accomplishment to me. I've been dealing and putting this whole project together, this first season, if you will. It has been a long process. Um, Things have been put on hold. Life experiences have happened. And I have found my focus. And I hope that you all witnessed a level of growth in the process of all these interviews. This has been an amazing experience. It's been very fun to get in touch with people, to listen to stories, to learn as I go. I think that we all can benefit from hearing and learning about new people. I hope that you enjoyed it just as much as I enjoyed it. I love talking to friends. I love talking with people that I've met and wanted to get to know more, you know, and I love learning. And this podcast has allowed me to do all these things. I want to take this time out to thank everybody who joined in on these interviews because I know that some people are not actually professionals like they don't do these interviews some of these people for some people who appeared on this podcast this is their first interview and so I applaud them for their bravery I applaud them for their transparency they were great I appreciate them forever I'm looking forward to bringing back more people and introducing all the listeners to new people with new experiences and things like that along the way um it's been a heavy a heavy year for me as i'm sure it's been a heavy year for everybody um if you're living in 2020 you know (laughs) i think for me i've had a very personal traumatic year um dealing with a lot of things one in particular is the loss of my cousin so I want to take this time before we leave, we start this interview to dedicate this season to the memory of Mr. Darnell Thomas, my cousin, also known as Trill. If you in the rap, if you in the streets, I loved him. I was raised with him like a sibling. I adored him. And I miss him so much. And he died in a sense of, uh, it was a very traumatic death. But he he lives with me in my spirit. I, lo- I love my family. And even though sometimes family is complicated, sometimes moments happen where we have to pull together. And I'm so glad that I had a chance to experience my cousin. I had a chance to affect his life in a positive way by using my art and also hearing his art. And have he will be a part of me um, for the rest of my life. So, you know, give one shout out to shout out to my my fam, my brother, my cousin. Trill, Darnell, Thomas. So, yeah, definitely, man. This has been a heavy one. Um, so you're in for a treat for this next interview. By the way, I had we 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 
we switched it up for y'all. All right. I switched it up. I was like, all right, cool. I've been interviewing people. I reached out to this friend of mine and she's a popular artist, uh, mainly in mainly around like the Seattle and local area or whatnot. But she's actually traveled all around. She's a um, like she's a she's a great pianist and wonderful singer and a great writer. Uh, she is known like all around for the most part with with her genre of music. It's, it's just great and well celebrated. Um, when I approached her about the interview process, because originally I was going to interview her and she was like, they hear a lot about me. You can Google me. Not really, but she didn't say that. Like, oh, I'm paraphrasing, but pretty much she was like, people hear enough about me. What we need to do is put you on a platform. And I think in a sense, she's always wanted to interview somebody else. So she was like, let me interview you because that's just the t- type of person that she is. She is very um, giving and loving and you know, almost almost in a sacrificial way, but she works goddamn hard uh, to do her job and the things that she do. And she's so incredibly talented. So this was a great conversation to have with her. And I remember when I met her, I was like, nah, she's lying. She being fake as fuck. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, oh, she'll kill me. But uh, <laughs> like, I, I thought she was lying, but throughout time i realized man no she's really being genuine she really is this type of person and and what i love about it is that it reflects in everything that she does this is a wonderful person this is a person that i appreciate and i love and she's such a wonderful colleague and i'm i'm honored to be interviewed by her guys so everybody so like check this out i hope y'all enjoy it this is the last episode Thank you all for listening. We made it. We made it. We made it to the end. And we're going to be back on y'all motherfuckers. So thank you all. I hope you enjoyed this interview with my friend, Julia Massey. And I hope you guys get a chance to know me for a little bit. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's not only like me asking the questions. It's me answering the questions. I like it. I like it. It's, it's really dope. I don't want to make a habit out of it. But uh. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoy it, man. Thank you all for listening to me. I couldn't be more thankful um, to anybody who takes the time out of your day, of your evening, to hear what I have to say. All the best. All right, bye. Okay. All right. We're on. Whoa. We're on. Great. Yes. Hey, I'm seeing waves on this track. It's going things are going great. Hi, Chris. Hey. It's great to talk to you. Oh, it's great to talk to you, Julia. Uh this has been definitely uh something in the works for a while. I'm very excited yes. about this. Uh this is the end of my season, my first season of Chris Talks. And I know that we're doing things differently, so that's really cool. On this one, this is a uh, uh, this is such an honor to be interviewed by you, mainly because you're more popular than me, which is great. <laughs> so that right there yes. is a blatant lie, nah, but it is the honor part. I ex- I feel the same way. It's a yes, two way street, one hundred percent. I've been wanting to do this pretty much 
since I, I got to know you Excellent. from the start. Excellent. For those who are listening, uh, this is my dear friend, Julia Massey, who is a motherfucking boss. I think that <laughs> you have done the things that like, as far as like the, the local scene in Seattle and a little bit further than the local scene, really, like I, I always tell people about when, you know, I came out here to visit. And this was after we met each other. And then, you know, we borrowed a keyboard from you for our band. And yes. we walked through your neighborhood. And then we went mm-hmm. to the restaurant. And everybody just, everybody who passed by gave you, like, <laughs> all this type of respect and regard. Like, mm. hey, Julia, like, very respectful. And I was like, who the fuck is she? <laughs> what type of clout does you she have? You caught like, me on a good day. Very much so. It was very Godfather-like. Like, I hope we have a masculine son. Very Luca Brasi. Like, they were like... They gave you this respect, and I was like, oh, she runs shit. But it's it's never from a, you don't have the ego. You know, like... You, well, I you, really try. Yeah, you, I mean, you don't have it outwardly. You probably, like, inside, right. like, I am a god. But, like, no. On the outside, you're very humble. I love that, like, your music speaks for itself. You know? Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate... Well, you know, I, I really appreciate that. I know that we... When, when I first met you and you came over, and it was with Paul yeah, to get yeah. the, the keyboard because you were all working on a project together. Mm. I remember the, the first few times that you and I interacted mm. feeling like... Well, first off, everybody who I had known in Tacoma had already been talking about you. Yeah. And then when we actually met, as you reminded me, was at New Year's at Chris and Carrie's. Yes. Shout out to and, Chris and Harris. Yes. At Chris, yes. Shout out to Chris Harris and the whole family. Absolutely. And I remember being like, okay, I need to finally meet this Chris Blanc guy. Where is he? And you're, you just came across, as everyone who comes across you does, uh, experiences this, as so warm, so open, such a, just a community, communal person. You already knew everybody there, and you knew a bunch of other people that I didn't know there. And I, this was before you even moved up to the Northwest. Yeah, it was, it was. And I was like, okay, Chris Blunt knows everybody everywhere. And he probably knows everybody from where he was in New Orleans and, and Chicago and Texas. And will you leave a path of people who uh, you are beloved to? I've been very So I'm lucky to be in that in that orbit. Thank you with so you. much. Thank you so, so much. So this is special for me that I get to finally ask you a bunch of questions. This is awesome. I am so looking forward to this. This is uh this is like the the icing on the cake. This is Yay. The, this is a big thing because, you know, normally, like, I don't get a chance to get interviewed. I obviously right. I interview a lot of people, but I barely get a chance you to do. get interviewed. So this is a this is going to be a funny. Well, and you, you're very good. At, you're very, very good at interviewing people. And I think that sometimes when people are really good at interviewing people, mm-hmm. folks assume and this is right, that that the interviewer really enjoys that, which I know you do. But to me, you know, you are an enigma. Because you are this person who wears so many different hats. You do all the things all the time and you do it so well. And I know that they seem like insurmountable challenges, the way that you're able to execute things in your life. So part of what I'm going to be exploring today is trying to figure out how you do it, but also just what is the story behind Chris Blunt that made you who you are today? The person who I met and who I now know, because I feel like I met you on the the latter part of your life as a whole so far. Mm. So I'm really, really curious about delving in yeah. to to how you are who you are because I admire you so much. Thank so you thank so you much. for the opportunity. 
Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. That was so sweet. That's, that's so, I, mean, I, I mean it. I mean yeah. it. I, I, it's, it's very easy for me to gush about people I love. So it's easy. Can I start right in Absolutely. to the first Let's, question? Let's go okay, in. Let's it, go in. It, it goes really like right to the get-go, which is what is your very first memory of life? So my very first memory of life, I think um, I'm going to say, and and this is kind of like a vague memory. So it's like little clips, but the, the sentiment sure. and everything is there. You know, it's funny how the memory works. I remember, I want to say it was my first birthday. Like the morning wow. of my first birthday, I remember my mom getting me up. I was lived. I lived at my grandmother's house at the time. Mm-hmm. My mom, mm-hmm. you know, got me up, and I remember sitting at the the edge of a kitchen table with a just a small cake with chocolate frosting and one candle mm-hmm. in the center, and like that's all I remember. Wow, it was yeah. So it's pretty pretty interesting. This is this is young too. This is really really young for a first memory. Yeah, it is. It is. It's like, it's amazing. I yeah. I, I'm wondering. I'm actually now. I'm. I have to ask a follow up question about this, which is: sure. This was your your first sort of conscious memory of okay, I'm in this body. I'm in this space. Here's this thing that I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have do you have like a gap until when your next memories start forming? Because I, I I'm always curious about when people start to form who they are, that kind yeah. of thing. Does it jump far to the next one? Not not far. Actually, it's my third birthday. It's a theme. Um, so wow. <laughs> my third yeah. birthday. I was I was at daycare. I remember standing on top of the table because it was my birthday and I had a Mr. T cake. Oh, I got a Mr. T birthday cake, and I remember sitting yes. there amongst people. Uh, watching Prince's 1999. <laughs> yes. Watching that video because videos were a thing. Um, <laughs> right. In the, in the 80s. And Prince right. was on there watching. I was watching 1999, the video. And oh, they were like, yeah, man. it's time for cake. And I had a Mr. <laughs> T cake because I wanted Mr. T. I, I love Mr. T as a child. Oh, yeah. yes. Yes. Well, who? Who didn't? Honestly, awesome. I mean, awesome. He, he was an idol for many, many, many Absolutely. people. Yes, Top dude, gold chains, love wow. it. Wow, love it. Yes, um, he, that okay. So, one first birthday and third birthday, and when you were amidst all of this, you were at your grandmother's house. Yes, and you lived under her roof for how long? I want to say in and out. We would move out and move back in. Uh, I would say okay. until I don't think I moved out officially until about 11 or 12 but so this was for all formative years were there yeah absolutely yeah and can you tell me a little bit about your grandmother and her influence on you oh man my grandmother she is the the main matriarch of the family and this is a larger family this is a family of about nine aunts and uncles um whoa yeah, so my grandfather, my grandfather is a strong gentleman. Uh, he was, um, my grandfather would be the the strength. My grandmother would be the heart. And mm. my grandmother was sort of like a leader in a sense on that end because she was the person who we leaned towards emotionally. And she mm-hmm. was the, she was like the head cook. Um, yes. And she was, she was so loving. She's, she's so loving in general. She's still here. She's still here, and um, mm, but yeah, uh, so yeah. loving, and it was just I learned a lot from her. She is originally my family's originally from uh, Jackson, Mississippi, so got it. Uh, my mom moved here, and 
My mom moved here when she was 16 with the family. My grandmother mm-hmm. grew up Jack, Mississippi. She's half Native American, half black. And they were, you know, they came up pretty much from poverty mm-hmm. to, to move mm-hmm. up to get to this section, uh, to move up to their promised land, which was New Orleans. And they wow. set up there. They bought a house, which still exists to this day, which is still our family home. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. So th- this is like a, a multi-generation story of of people just making their way to this, like you're saying, promised land where the family has a sort of a, a home, a perpetual home yeah, where everyone absolutely. can gather. Yeah, because I grew up, I wasn't the only child. I grew up with my cousins. And like, yeah, tell I'm, me more about that. Yeah, so um, my grand, my grandmother... <laughs> Love me, love me so much. I'm one of the like. There's, I, I have two older cousins, but I'm, mm-hmm. but like, I have, I'm one of the first ones that were like in the house. And at the time I was born, a bunch of the, a bunch of my aunts and uncles lived in the house, and um, because I was so loud, they moved out. And that's why my grandmother, re- that's why my grandmother appreciates me so much. I gave her that freedom, you in that space. I that for- that just, yeah. yeah, I forced all the kids to move out. It was amazing. So it was. It's very good feeling. Right, right. So she was like this joyful young grandson of mine yes. is he well and he you know, you gained all of the attention from grandma. Absolutely. We, it was like colleague. no there were no other detractors Absolutely. hanging around. It was great. Yeah. It was great. Oh um, you know, um soon after, a couple moments later, like I had I had cousins who were we were yeah. raised like siblings. And so there yeah. was always like this kind of group. You know, we were always mm-hmm. uh, like I always say, my cousins were my first crew. Mm-hmm. You know? so, oh, and, for sure. And, and so there's more of a focus. Um, I know in general, there's more of a focus on family mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to like people from Mississippi. Anything. Yeah, yeah. If, in Mississippi, would you say that's something that per- goes across the South in, in general, or is this just what you experience with your family? I would say it is a southern thing. I think I think having cousins is a southern thing. I think particularly in places like your Alabama's, Georgia, Mississippi, uh, you know, your, your Texas, things like that. Cousins mm-hmm, are a mm-hmm. big thing because we are African American culture or not are very close knit. I don't know about other cultures, but I know that this one is very close knit in mm-hmm. how we deal with family. And I know that there's there's a certain amount of closeness that we mm-hmm. have uh, as as family. And it's it's so rooted in you know American culture and how we're how we're brought up, you know. Mm-hmm. So my cousins were more treated like my siblings than any distant relatives. Do you feel like that communal culture and upbringing uh, was something that you were hoping to continue on with your own family, and was it challenging to continue that on in the Pacific Northwest? which is, as everyone calls it, mm. a passive-aggressive, chilly mm. kind of a place. How did, how did you reconcile Ooh, that's those a things? Rough one. How, how do you reconcile them? That is a lot. That's a rough one. Um, <laughs> because it's hard to compare. Like, in New Orleans, mm-hmm. I've always had a large crew. I've been mm-hmm. blessed with a lot of cousins, and then I had a friend group. And then after, when I graduated from high school, stayed in, stayed in town for college, it, it just mm-hmm. it grew like crazy like it was like 30 of us and all of us are like close friends so wow one of my 
one of my general terms um, that I've, I've used on podcasts, I've used in life or not, is that is if we never had a one on one, we're not friends. <sighs> Right. Mm, so like mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I just remember and the reason why I think I say that is because I had a large group of people mm-hmm. and like about 30, 35 um, people, men and women, uh, all wow. of us in college, things like that. And I can tell you a memory about each and every one of them that that involves just them and I, you know, that and is that, that yeah. is rare. That it's is a, that, to, to me, that's rare. rare. Yeah, I, that that rare. is really an exceptional. Yeah. Exactly. Like wow. it's very rich. Like, and I, I yes. grew close to rich friendships and it yes. meant so much to me. So going mm-hmm. from that mm-hmm. to going to a place like, and I, you know, I lived in Chicago and Chicago, I had some cool friends and I, I managed to come out there with some really wonderful friends, but it was harder to get that community. And mm-hmm. even in some of the community that I had, and but it was great overlap because mm-hmm. some of the community that I had from New Orleans moved with me to Chicago. So, wow. so that made that transition easy for me. Right. Right. Um, right. You know, I lived in Texas for a little bit and in Texas, there's still that kind of community there, mm-hmm. but it, it wasn't much, but it was like, you're still in the South. You're still close enough to drive to New Orleans. Right. Right. Um, Washington right. is very different and right. it's very different because it's so far from what I'm used to. Um, Literally, I mean, distance wise and culturally. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, People are very a little bit more. I would say people match the weather. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, New Orleans is very much in your face. It's hot. We got time to play with you. You know, Chicago is very cold um, and hot. You know, you get the you get it. But it's very harsh. It's a very harsh area. Yeah. Chicago is very harsh. I learned my hustle in Chicago. (laughs) And then like. You know, Texas is kind of the same. Like it's the South, right? So, but yeah. but when I came out here, I was like, "Oh, it kind of rains, it kind of <laughs> snows." People kind of think it's things. It's kind of warm. It's very right, like, right. yeah, it's very uh, maybe. You know, like, yeah, yeah. and it's <laughs> it's passive aggressive, <laughs> and mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. people match the weather, and that was That's a hard. Funny. Yeah, it was such a hard transition for me because I'm very very straightforward. I'm very outspoken. When it comes to right. stating my opinion and things like that. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I don't think it stuck out as much anywhere as here. Interesting. So it, yeah. So it's it's it's, it's harder. And I, right. I have a community out here, but it's it's different. Right. So it's a it's a whole right. different vibe. Uh, so have, I, it's, it's harder. Have you found that the friends that you have made? I mean, and I know I'm one of these people. So, I mean, you say for speak freely. Okay. But do you feel that the friends that you have made out here, do you find that they are Northwest natives or are they from other places? Actually. It's and a, then they migrate here. Hmm. Actually, it's a mix. I, it's a mix. Yeah. Most of the people I met have not been from here. Most of mm-hmm. the people I met are, have been, they came out here for college and just stayed. You know, okay. and, and that's, that's that. Yeah. But a lot of these people are still mm-hmm. from the Pacific Northwest. And some people who may have moved here have a, have adapted to that right. lifestyle. So it's like, right. oh, okay, it's it's mm-hmm. like just just like being from here. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. So yeah, so it's it's very it's very different. You run into a lot of awkward situations. But um, <laughs> yes. you know, and, well, to, to that end, Chris, I'm really curious. Do you because to me, it feels like it's obvious what the, the cons of passive aggressiveness are. It's like, uh-huh. oh, you never really know how somebody's feeling. And it, yeah. Do you feel like there's any positives to it or is it just something you have to fight through? I, I think it's mostly something that I have to fight through. And that is yeah. that is only yeah. a personal thing for me. I mm-hmm. I. Mm-hmm 
consider myself an emotional an emotional masochist. So I am very much <laughs> like stab me in the front, tell me all the things, <laughs> tell me everything because Don't I'd rather beat around the bush. Yeah, because that's yeah. that's how I was brought up. I, yeah. I respect people yeah. who are honest with me, whether it was sweet or brutal. You sure. know, because sure. it's like I always right. knew where they were coming from, and mm-hmm. th- those people, you know, when when I have to guess and use all these things and now luckily i have good intuition so a lot of times i'm able to right. you know kind of figure things go, out go with your guy yeah yeah but, yeah you know when it when it comes to that i'd rather straightforward i'd rather yes straightforward. Mm-hmm. now for i i would love to hear i know this story but for our listeners oh, okay go what ahead. brought you out to the the northwest what was what was the impetus for it oh okay so yeah it all started off um i was my good friend uh, Sphinx, Lawrence, uh, mm-hmm. Sphinx mm-hmm. came out here after Katrina, after Hurricane Katrina, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. He, he met a lady and they got married. And so they were going to get married. Yes. They're getting married. And he invites me to the wedding. And I was mm-hmm. like, cool. I've never been there. This is a dear friend of mine. Right. And right. so I flew out here for the wedding and I was like, oh, my God, this place is awesome. It is just <laughs> like I always thought it was. I love the 90s. This is the 90s on ice. <laughs> this is great. Right. <laughs> And uh, right. and I remember talking to him <laughs> and just being like in awe of everything, you know, mm. just like, oh, I love this. This is great because the scenery like Seattle oh. and Tacoma, it, they're gorgeous. It's they're hard to gorgeous. be. It's hard to top. It's yeah, really hard. to top. It really is. Yeah. And I yeah. love the scenery. Uh, the people seem really friendly. And I remember mm-hmm. talking to I'm talking to L and I was like, yo, man, like, uh, what's y'all murder rate like? And he was like, murder rate. <laughs> and I was like, sold. Right. This is great. <laughs> normally that's so interesting that yeah. was that was that truly like one of the the main factors seriously that's serious wow we, we, we did look at the crime yeah. because yeah. i mean i'm from new orleans so like yeah i'm from a place where there was high murder rate even when i went to right. chicago now chicago is a different type of you know crime element right. but it's still still crime mm-hmm. same thing with dallas so i was looking mm-hmm. for a better mm-hmm. environment for my children Right. And, and my family right. and my my way of life. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. we did the research. I would come out and visit multiple times. Met met multiple mm-hmm. people along the way. You were one of them, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. convinced mm-hmm. my family, and they were like, "Yeah, we can do this. We like this." Oh, and, yeah, yes, so it was good. And it's been a, well, it's been a great move. I I can I can speak for everybody who's met you out here to say. I'm thankful that you're willing to fight through the passive aggressiveness because <laughs> the the Northwest is a lot better for you being here and your thank whole you. family thank you it is it's a much better place with you here so i'm yeah. thrilled that you you moved out here and i got used now, to it can, yeah. <laughs> can i uh, kind of go back to what you were talking a little bit about uh growing up talking about the murder rate wanting your family to be in a place i know you've mentioned this to me in past conversations chris i think in 2016 we had a mm-hmm. conversation where you brought this up and i was wondering if i could bring it up again where you were talking about how you have had run-ins with the police in New Orleans, and you're like, I'm not that guy. And to me, it was like, well, you don't have to convince me. I, I, I can't. I don't. I can't really picture this. Why could this? How could this happen to you? Well, for me, and until that, I would like to like, I guess, I guess make a like a slight, uh, slight change on that comment, right? Yes. Um, because. Stating I'm not that guy um, means that, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to say that I'm better than anybody on that end. It was just like every every person, you know, you name 
a, a black boy. We always mm-hmm. we got to talk that to watch for the police. You know, be mm-hmm. careful what you say, things like that. And they were very, mm-hmm. they were very predatory mm-hmm. in the way they the way they policed in the city. We were all looked at as criminals first in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. If you're standing, if you're standing on the corner, it's assumed that you are up to no good in some case. And this is something that we are we are looked at as threats from mm-hmm. middle school up. You know. <laughs> And so, right, um, right. You know, when I got older, and everybody, and the thing is, everybody has this story. You know, so yeah. everybody, yeah. a lot of people where I'm from, they have some story of, of some running with the cop or some mm-hmm. some way they 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 have been assaulted in some mm-hmm. some shape, form, or fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, at 23, you know, walking with my friend, and I got beat up by the cops over something stupid. You know what I'm saying? So it was just wow. And it's a situation wow. where I think about it now as I look at, you know, all these people, right? And mm-hmm. how this became like this this terrible phenomena mm-hmm. of all these black deaths and, and you see it on TV and things like that. Yes. And um and I was like, that could have easily been me. Mm-hmm. That could have easily mm-hmm. been me. And they would have probably mm-hmm. tried to say that, oh yeah, you know, he had like a he had a knife on him or he was a troubled Some kid or something like made that. Up, yeah. Right. So right. Try, a reason to make this okay. Yeah. yeah. Try to justify death. And I was like, yeah, right. People think right. about this. Like you don't have to be perfect Mm-mm. to be, Mm-mm. you know, Mm-mm. to be respected your life, to be respected. Mm-hmm. No one, no one deserves, you know, murder. No, no one deserves. No. murder. So no, that is a, um, that was a powerful moment for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and granted, we've always been aware of it. I think I've always been aware of it. But after that, mm-hmm. it definitely created a sense of uh, purpose mm-hmm. afterwards um, for mm-hmm. for advocating for that. And just I had it in the back mm-hmm. of my mind and it's something that haunted me for a while. Mm-hmm. I, I can I can only imagine it. And I, I appreciate you sharing that. And I'm so sorry that that event happened. And in general, I, I actually it makes me want to kind of circle back to something you were talking about, about your friends mm. and about your one-on-ones. Mm. Uh, I'm curious about your thoughts about this. One of the theories that I have been having lately about uh, white folks who are still struggling with uh, concepts of, yeah, you have white supremacist thoughts, you have white privilege uh, one of the theories I have about anyone who's dealing with this, including myself, it's a lifelong process, mm-hmm. is look at people who you've had real one-on-ones with. Is yes. there anybody who looks different from you in your life who you've had a real one-on-one with? And really look at yourself and say, if the answer is no, then yeah, maybe that needs to change. Because I remember another conversation you and I had about um LGBTQ rights. Yes. I remember you had said, you know, it wasn't really, I don't know if you said it wasn't really on your radar, what your, what your feelings were, but then when you had a real friend who identified as part of that community, suddenly you really cared about the, that community. And I'm wondering if you feel that that is a, what is a possible, if we could wave a magic wand mm-hmm. <laughs> and have everybody have a real one-on-one with somebody who was different from them. Do you think that would make a change? I think it's a brick by brick situation. Yes, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I, it's it's definitely changed my life. In a mm-hmm. sense, I you know obviously I didn't grow up. I grew up in um I, I grew up in the South, and you know it's a heavily religious 
area right. and in some cases it is known for being homophobic or queerphobic. Right. Things like right. that. I think it wasn't an, and I never had a reason to hate gay people. I didn't, right. I didn't. It's just one it's a thing that wasn't on my radar as much, you know, and you right. I, even I would say problematic shit too. You know, because mm-hmm. it was just a part of that culture, right? So right. I, I think that um it it wasn't until I started working at the W. I was, mm. I, was about 20, I must have been like 18, 19, working at the W. And the W Hotel was kind of like this kind of avant-garde artistic vibe, mm. right? And very upscale. Mm-hmm. And it attracted a lot of the, the LGBTQ crowd, right? Because it mm-hmm. was just so different. And in that, you would get to know guests. You would get to know coworkers. Right. And in the process of that, I, be, I befriended many of them. Uh, mm-hmm. Many, many people, many of my coworkers, and they would tell me about their lifestyles and mm-hmm. we would discuss things. And we discovered that we had way more in common than we did out. Mm-hmm. And I became and and I became fascinated with it and and loved mm-hmm. them for who they were, you mm-hmm. know. So it wasn't. Yes. Like, and when you can put a face on it, when you can we can put an experience with it, like I yes. like you, it's one thing to want gay marriage to root for gay marriage it's another mm-hmm. thing to root for gay marriage because it's like yo i want my friend to get married right because my friend right. has been in love and he's been denied like right. or they're denied certain rights you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying and even mm-hmm. though in yes. general no one should be denied basic human right. rights in general but i think it adds a little bit more depth yes um, and and, and urgency to mm-hmm. act and yeah. and and right right You're able to right. personalize it right uh, yes. So I think it's, it's definitely important. Uh, but yeah. through that, and, and mind you, I'm a young, you know, I'm a very young boy in that sense. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like, I'm right. just coming into the world. So now I have a different view on it. Now I'm thinking like, hey, oh. there's no real excuse. You should always want equal rights. For right. A human right. Period. So right. it's not like the, oh, I have a daughter. Oh, I have a gay friend. Right. Like that. You should just want it. You don't even, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Even well, though. Chris, for you. Yeah. You know, right. You should have gay friends. Everybody right. should have like gay friends, <laughs> right? Right. Just, it, 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 having thing. having real friends of every one under the sun absolutely. Is, you should do it. You should it do helps it. You should out, opt man. for it. Get you some gay yeah. friends, man. It's just dope. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what you said <laughs> that's so uh, important, especially with the coworkers and guests at the W, uh-huh. is finding that there's all. It seems that there's always more in common than not. There is when it, when you're having a one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um. This 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 makes me want to kind of just go back to the biography part of you, which is, can you tell me a little bit about when you met Brandy? Ah, uh, <laughs> yes. When I met my wife Brandy, um, I was I was about twenty-one. The uh, 9-11 that happened earlier that week. So it was it was a crazy time, uh, crazy time, crazy time, crazy right? Time. And uh, so I remember just sitting. I had my own apartment. Well, I had an apartment that was shared with with some friends. And I remember my my homeboys was like, "Yo, dog, it's a Saturday night. <laughs> we got to get some chicks over here." And I really wasn't <laughs> in the mood for that because I was like, "Yo, I'm I had I got over a breakup. I was uh. in my like." Like, and, and it had been months since I've been single oh, for yeah. months. And also just, but more so being happy with myself. I did a lot of like, yes. you know, just soul search and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And and I was just, I was in my Zen mode and I was like, yo, man, I just mm-hmm. kind of want to chill with my friends and mm-hmm. enjoy myself this evening. And my horny yes. ass friends was like, yo. <laughs> that is not the plan. Fuck all that peace shit. 
like just <laughs> let's get some chicks. So you know, he went into um he went into my friend's room, and I'm dating myself here. But he broke into his phone book. Um, for those listening, <laughs> like who, are, who are under thirty, phone book is where. You keep people's right. names and phone numbers and contact them. And maybe their address. Maybe and their maybe physical their home address. Exactly. Right. On a on a thing right. called paper. Right. In and a so, little book, right? Exactly. <laughs> when you write it with a pen or a pencil. Yeah. So you right. know, he's right. thumbing through my friend, like just violating all his privacy. Thumbing through right. his phone book, calling out girls' names. And I was like, no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know and then he was like, he like called him out. Are they single? Are they single? Oh, and I was like, no. Uh, and, wow. like, and then he calls out this one girl, like, is she single? And I'm like, yeah, she is. I think she's like a freshman at the college or something like that. Wow. Look like, at you knowing everybody. Right? Well, well, you, of you know, course. I met her in passing, yeah, right? And, yeah. Yeah, you, you know, know everybody. Like, yeah, right? And so then he was like, let's call. And so, <laughs> and which is like, this is, this is totally weird and unsafe. But like, <laughs> she gets a random call from these random ass dudes. <laughs> She's like, hi. Saying, come over. What's going on? And they're like, yeah, hey. you know, you should come over. I'm such and such's friend. Oh, I know him. Yeah, we're yeah. at his house, actually. You know, so you should come over. <laughs> My friend's a rapper. And first of all, I am, they are, they are shamelessly terribly promoting me. You know, so like. Well, that's what you, they're hired for. Yeah, exactly. That's their job. I didn't say anything because I was like, I'm not participating in this foolishness. <laughs> and uh, they're, they're talking and she's like, yeah, you know, the twig, like, he, I'm going to do yeah, we'll come through. And he was mm. like, yeah, bring your friends. You know, like very like, and they're, and the thing is, these Textbook. are, and I will say this, these are good guys, by the way. Of course. These are really right. good guys. We were just young and 20. You know, they, so, they were lucky. They were lucky. It was your crew. It really was. Cause they were, they were really sweet guys. So, um, so yeah. <laughs> so I think they like, they make their way here. Right. And, I think Brandy may have overheard her because she was maybe the sweet mate or something like that. And she knew. Right. And she was like, these girls are going to get raped. Like they are going to get. I have got to go babysit these friends yeah, of mine. This is like this. They are in danger. So uh, she comes in. And so when she walks in, it's very much like a bodyguard situation. I remember. Right. Right. Coming down the stairs because they was like, they're here. And I was like, I guess. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> coming down the stairs and the first thing i see is her with a t-shirt on and her braids like her her braids were in like this kind of like these like bantu knots almost right and yes like, she was just hanging out and she had this serious look on her face like watch them you know mm-hmm. and, um, right i'm watching you yeah. every move and yeah everybody right. just kept everybody went to socializing <laughs> except for her right <laughs> and she's just kind of casing the scene just in case. And right. I stand next to her and I, and I wanted to make her comfortable because I was like, my friends are idiots. Oh, right, right. Um, like, we're on the same me. page. Yeah. Right. And she said the same thing. She was like, yeah, my friends are idiots. And so we oh. bonded over judging our friends. <laughs> and we talked the whole night. Yes. It was, a, it was a great experience. We talked the whole night and I got to know her and uh, I, I pretty much like fell for her right then and there. She was very interesting. Uh, and it was it was such a she was a breath of fresh air uh, to mm. me to me and then like the next day she just left and uh we, like everybody kind of slept over but it wasn't like that like it was just like yeah. everybody just passed out because you know totally you know, um but the right. next day she kind of just left like it was like bye and I was like all right bye oh. and I remember I was like in order to get a number I gotta call the gotta call the um the girl so <laughs> shout out to her. <laughs> 
And yes. um, unfortunately, a painful <laughs> 45 minutes later, I, oh, would have, no. I would have her number. But I ha- I earned that number. Oh, I really did. Because there was a lot of talking. There was a lot that of like... That was... Yeah. <laughs> learning a lot, a lot of, of details exactly, that you probably... Like, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> Word. Like, it was a lot of that. Oh, man. <laughs> yes. It was insane. <laughs> Yes. That well, you and I think if I'm, I'm betting that Brandy realized that, I'm betting she knew yeah, that you had gone did. through that. She yeah. knew that I earned it. She did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You deserved her number. Absolutely, I did. I deserved her number. And, and that, was, that was that was <laughs> that when that was like the rest is history, kind of yeah, a bit, it, right? The, I the mean, the rest is history. Uh, shout out to her. Wow. Shout oh man. Yeah. That is that is so wonderful. So funny. Now, now I want to zoom into some other aspects of your familial life, if that's okay. all right. Absolutely. I would like to know a little bit more about your relationship with your dad. Who? My dad. All right. So my dad is uh, Jomo Kenyatta Bean, technically. So, like, he was born Monroe Bean, and then he changed his name to Jomo Kenyatta. Um, he and I had a very sporadic relationship. I would say that he was definitely always sort of like a mentor to me. He wasn't. I am one of 11 kids. Wow. Uh, from him. So, yeah. so from mm-hmm. him. So I didn't get a chance to really spend as much time with him in some of those formative years uh, for right. random reasons and things like that. But I think we got, when as I got older, we spent the mo- most time together. So like, mm. I remember there were times when I was like, like 16 and we would we would he helped me direct the play like i helped him direct the play because he he ran wow. a, he ran a movie i'm not a, a movie theater. theater yeah he ran a he ran a theater he ran a community theater right. he was also so cool. um a manager of the housing projects he was a civil rights wow. activist he was a black panther he was just he was a dope director wow. and a playwright and so he did <laughs> all these like wonderful things around the city and yes. i was i didn't i didn't know the magnitude of his mm. ins, of his inspire inspiration to others mm-hmm. until later on, but it was mm. just really cool to kind of like have a glimpse into the mm-hmm. lifestyle that he had. So uh, it was yeah we wow. we were we were able to really uh, connect. I would I w- we were able to really connect at different periods of my life, but it wasn't as mm-hmm. consistent. And then mm. I, and of course during that time, that does cause a certain bit of anger. And resentment. Of course. You know, sure. So, and I had that for a while. Right. And then I think at about right before I moved out, moved out of New Orleans, I had a good talk with him and we kind of mended some fences. Um, mm. And then mm-hmm. later on, we would we would kind of keep in touch, but not really. And I remember when my ch- my first child was born, he was a uh, it was it was a very traumatic experience. Right. Mm. And I wanted, mm-hmm. I needed to get calm. And for some reason, someone told me to call my dad. And yeah. he was, uh, he was excellent. He was, he, mm. he he calmed me down, and he was there for me every step of the way while I kind of waited uh, in the waiting room to see if everything was going to be okay. And mm-hmm. I think from that point on, uh, we would talk almost every day, you know. And wow. Until yeah, unfortunately, until he passed away in 2011. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we were very, uh, we ended up being very close. He was very a Th- great mentor. That's so interesting to me how a, a relationship or relationships can kind of have that ebb and flow in life that 
you had sort of this resurgence and rebirth of a relationship with your dad during a really traumatic experience of bringing your first child into the world. Mm. And it's interesting to me how that kind of, so I, that dance, I guess, can be in a person's life where this is a really difficult time. And then all of a sudden this gift is kind of being ushered in, in the yeah. form of getting to rediscover your relationship with your dad and him really sounds like really rising to the occasion of being this fatherly person to you and, and helping you through that. Yeah. I think that's really remarkable and, and in some ways very lucky. I, I feel like I hear a lot of times when there are deep relationships that have difficulties in them that the person passes and there isn't any resolution or in, mm -hmm. or, there, or feelings aren't expressed yeah, and the the scars that that can leave behind. I'm I'm really happy to hear. It sounds like a lot of that was able to be at least discussed with your dad. It was. We got a chance to get a lot. I I had a I was fortunate enough to ask all the questions, and get a lot of answers. Uh, yeah, including having my my mother and father who weren't together at any point when I was alive mm -hmm. in the same room. You know, in the wow. same room, and to be able to ask all those kind of hardcore questions. Um, yes. And I'll honestly sit back and laugh about it with everybody, you know. And so it, right. was, a very, it was a very moving experience. And I'll never wow. forget it. I'll never forget the I'll never forget the the impact that he had on me. And it's something that would come out mm. more and more after he passed. I realized mm. I'm definitely my father in a lot of mm. ways. And I'm definitely I mm -hmm. honor him. I, I, I pay tribute to him with the life that I lead. You know, I think that is mm -hmm. very important. The, he he still exists in me, mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. just as I existed in him. And I think that uh, it's very important to kind of continue, you know, that legacy that he yes. has of, of creativity, entrepreneurship, mm. things like that. Black pride. Mm -hmm. You know, those yes. are those are things that existed in him. Those are things that were taught to me. My father mm -hmm. was also a Black mm -hmm. history teacher in high school, wow. so it was. I, I come from that era like he did so much and mm -hmm. he was so creative and i'll know i'll never be as good as him but <laughs> i think well, i could do a good job honoring his name right he was a i yeah, i a, i think well i i for me what i was gonna say is it seems like i now now i'm getting a little bit i'm uncovering a little bit of the mystery of how you do all the things yes but by learning about what your your legacy is and and i know that Family and loyalty and relationships are paramount to you. Absolutely. And so it makes sense to me that in you uncovering so much about your father's life and the impact that he had on his community in locally and beyond, it makes sense to me that you would be following in those footsteps. And I am, it sounds also like he got his chance to see that unfold yeah. before he passed, which is, I mean, uh, as a parent myself, I, I can't imagine a more gratifying experience. He did. Uh, we, I am a part of a very talented bunch, and mm. a lot of us are. A lot of us take care of my, take after my father, mm -hmm. in the sense of as far as talent wise. So you know, he. Mm -hmm. I don't think he saw his saw the the um, growth of my younger sister, which she's amazing. Mm. Um, a lot of ways, uh, she's in new orleans right yeah she's in new orleans Enrique's amazing i'm so proud of her mm. as far as her talent uh mm -hmm. and she's she's dope uh he saw a little bit of me but 
he didn't get a chance to see everything, but I know mm-hmm. that I, I feel him in that in mm-hmm. that essence, and that mm-hmm. and that's great. And uh, he was he was he was a polarizing figure uh, mm. for us personally, you know. Mm-hmm. So very mm-hmm. very opinionated. I love it. You know, because so, <laughs> I love. He was art. not passive aggressive. Not he at was all. Not- we uh we argued about things like we agreed yeah. on a lot of stuff, but we disagreed too. Yeah. And when we disagreed, it was the same. It was just that same energy. But I love it. <laughs> well, I love having that, that conversation with him. That's I mean, to me, that's where you learn more in life when yeah. you have a person who you can share disagreements with. And I, I know I I'm I married somebody who I have a lot of disagreements with, and mm-hmm. I'm not really good at having disagreements. So I sometimes wonder, like, why did I put myself through all this? But I go, <laughs> well, I know that I'm growing. Yeah, I'm like maybe I'm losing my years of my life, granted. but I love you. Yeah, yeah. learning, this learning and growing. T- absolutely, this is to my yeah. detriment, actually. But yeah. <laughs> my father is the reason why I have no problem talking about anything uncomfortable. You know, and, so. and you know what? It, but that makes you, to me, uh, you being my friend, yeah. that makes you a valuable resource. Because can you imagine living in a world where nobody would really tell you the truth and only saying what you wanted to hear and never really getting to the core mm. of a subject? I, I mean, I, I'm, I don't like conflict, but I would I, I could, would never want to live in that world. Yeah, yeah. I, and that's why it's hard uh, yeah. to deal with like the yes men or aggressive shit like i don't i can't do that (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, it's uh, it's tough to swallow yeah Yeah. but but it's an honor to be as straightforward to be around yes well and you had you had this phenomenal uh example Mm -hmm. absolutely so can i ask you more a little more about your your immediate family do you mind going through and talking about your you have three beautiful children inside mm-hmm. and out yeah and i have had the pleasure of being in their presence and company oh, and i was just wondering if you would just tell everybody a little bit about your three kids all right absolutely um my kids uh we have uh my my son chris jonathan blunt and he is he, that's my firstborn. he was that's my special like my my miracle baby because he was yes. born 20 he was like 26 week or 25 weeks oh nine wow. and one pound nine ounce um yeah it was a lot of a lot of months in the NICU a lot mm-hmm. of pain a lot of a lot of change man and uh mm-hmm. and he is here till this day kicking mm-hmm. he is uh he's special needs and we work with him he was actually one of the reasons why we were confident in moving out here because mm-hmm. there was there were more opportunities for him in this mm-hmm. area of the U.S. That, mm-hmm. that help out with special needs kids so he's he's very good he has all the personality in the world and while he doesn't <sighs> talk he definitely lets his needs uh let his opinions be heard yes you know, mm-hmm. so you, you get where he's coming from and it's 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 great mm-hmm. and, I, and, mm-hmm. I, and i love my little man uh next we have my daughter ella and ella is definitely like a shining star in a sense uh <sighs> she has all the personality um ella iman blunt is mm-hmm. is definitely a bowl of of talent and and feelings you know mm-hmm. like she is she's mm-hmm. definitely oh. she's definitely an empath she is She's mm. she's funny, she's goofy, <laughs> and I love how free she is. You know, it's it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I never realized how awesome it is to be a father of a daughter too. So that was really cool. I grew up around mostly boys, so mm-hmm. this was a this is a different experience for me, and that that's wow. fun. And last but not least, we have little Logan. 
Logan William Blunt. And Logan is the two-year-old <laughs> tyrant. Uh, <laughs> and he is a burst of energy. And he is definitely like, I, I, I laugh because, you know, his name's Logan. Um, it's actually a family name from, from my wife's family. But mm-hmm. I like to think of it as Wolverine. Because so, yes. he's, he's he's small. He could take Wolverine. He could yeah, take him today. Yes, he, can. he could. He could take it. And he's yeah. he's he's a wild child, but he has so much heart. And he, oh, I've yeah. never seen a child be so empathetic as in checking oh. how you feel, offering love, things like that. Mm. I, oh, I love that about that little man. He is he is great. I love what uh he's developing into. Chris how are you able to find the the space and the time and the energy that you do to be a creative artist and raise these three remarkable children and maintain these really deep friendships? How do you do it? I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's not his question like, how are I, we having this interview exactly. right now honestly i have to take it one day at a time google google um calendar helps you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's, it's all about taking the time and making sure that i'm absolutely present in the moment i've mm-hmm. learned through harsh lessons in general mm-hmm. through many a mess ups that mm. when you are there with someone who because time is so finite and time, mm-hmm. you know, we the, the older we get, the less we have. Right. We get mm-hmm. so busy in general. So when yes. my time is valuable. So mm-hmm. if I'm spending time with somebody, I have to make sure that I'm ever present mm-hmm. with them because that's how you gain the most out of the experience. I, mm-hmm. I've learned recently that I value rich relationships, much like. Mm-hmm rich sauces, heavy cream, things like that. Mm, that is how I yes. view my relationships. And that that's that. where I find the value. So I like getting deep and intimate with people and and talking mm-hmm. with them and, and and sharing their experience and taking mm-hmm. that in to to remember forever. And in order to do that, I have to be present with them. Mm-hmm. I have to put down the phone or I have to just be there. And that's something mm-hmm. that's a little old school for me. But it's mm. it's definitely something that I value because I think that in this era, people people don't really know how to be friends, mm. and uh, I, and I, I value friendship I so much. And mm-hmm. so it's there's something about having those like hearty friendships, right? That, right. That the analog the version. Oh yeah, analog right. version yeah. of friendships. Like mm-hmm. like just talk. I don't want to. I don't when when you when you come across special people in general mm-hmm. that you admire i don't want to know the surface i want to know mm-hmm. all the things so because i want to mm-hmm. be able to trust you i'm open i want to be able to trust mm-hmm. people and things like that so i make sure i i like to um i like to i, I say this because i've lost people in my life mm-hmm. i like to love others in honor of them you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying so so i'm a good father because my father's gone you know i'm a good mm-hmm. friend because my friend is gone. Like I have a couple of <sighs> friends that I wish I can talk to, but since I can't talk mm. to them, I gotta be a good friend to you, for them, you know. And I think that is it's very important to me. Giving me chills up and down. It, it reminds me of something that my my mom's friend said to her when my father passed. Which mm. there, there were a lot of people who said, "Oh, you know, I know you'll never find another partner," and that that was really uh, degrading to her. And what yeah. then she finally had a friend who said to her. If you, if and when you do find another partner, 
that will be an homage to your your deceased spouse because it will mm. say that you loved being in a partnership so much because this person was such a fabulous partner to you. Yes. That this is like a dedication to them that you want to do it again. Yes. Exactly. And I, so that 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 reminds me of that 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 when you lose when you experience so much loss, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's a friend or a parent or a child or whatever that relationship is, that you honor them through your other relationships. That is just beautiful. I'm going to hold yes. on to that for all my days. Absolutely. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. That is Thank really you. special. Thank you. What you said. Thank that you. is beautiful. That is beautiful. And so uh, you know that that's how we got to get through life, folks. <laughs> I have a a question that I I so I thought of it in the last couple of days, which okay. is for you. What is something that you wish everybody knew about you? Oh man, that's a t- which is kind of tricky because I'm pretty. Poor. I know you share <laughs> so much, Chris, and I know you you, you have this personality that is very open and you have like a practically an open door policy on your life, like literally and also just figuratively. And I, I know, I notice as your friend that you have a, like a kind of a comedic delivery of things and, but then you get very real, but I'm wondering if there is something that is about you and maybe, maybe you don't want to share it cause you don't want people to know, no, but no, I'm, I, I'm just curious. I believe, I believe I'm, I'm a service to the people in a sense as mm. a creative. Um mm-hmm. I would I would like to say that like people don't know that this is this is hard. Mm-hmm. This is this life is hard. Everything is going mm. through everything that I go through sometimes it's it's hard to to express to people all the things that I want because of I, I go through things like anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. And I went through a lot of terrible things. Uh, coming up and being and as an adult and so mm-hmm. that these things are, are tough and I believe that when you go through these things you come out of them so you can inspire others mm-hmm. and and that's why we're mm-hmm. here we're here to tell our stories our, mm-hmm. we're, artists are blessed it's a gift and a curse in a sense but artists are blessed because we can be interpreters of the human condition mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying so like when mm-hmm. I go through pain when I deal with these things, I feel so much. And so, mm-hmm. and that feeling can be overwhelming and that feeling could cause that depression and that, that anxiety, mm-hmm. those feelings of hopelessness and things like that. And so when I put that down and I have to express myself, whether it be podcasts or music, things like mm-hmm. that, hopefully somebody's listening just mm-hmm. as I listen to stuff, just as I listen to art and go, mm-hmm. Oh my God, that's me, mm-hmm. you know? And I yeah. think that is one thing that I want people to know that, hey, I am struggling, too. I am mm. dealing with shit, too. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's hard. It's hard, but you, you keep pushing. And, and mm-hmm. I push because there is hope. There's mm-hmm. hope that I can be, I can leave my mark on society. And or I can be, I can be as vulnerable enough so my kids can see that. And so mm-hmm. my friends can see that. And they go, okay, he was, he's human, too. Or he, mm-hmm. if he got through it, I can get through it. You know, so I think that's important. Well, you got me all choked up, Chris. Is this what you do to all <laughs> during all of your interviews? Not at all. This that is, is amazing. 
Oh my god. <laughs> that is so I am in my Thank you. I great. I'm just so I'm so grateful. I'm really 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 grateful that you answered that question. Thank you. And and answered all these questions. I think of you as as a, a hero in my life because I know I'm only just beginning to understand and unpack like the life that you've led that's made you who you are today. And I'm, that's why I'm so grateful for this interview. I look forward to our lifelong friendship together so that I can get to know more. Same. But I am just so happy when I'm able to have these conversations with people that I care about and get to know them on that extra new level because like you're saying it 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 just isn't a practice in understanding the human condition and like you said as artists we are it's like a blessing and a curse but the blessing side is that being able to interpret it and i admire you as a creator so much and as a a, a parent the way that you are with your children and your family thank you and it's just a pleasure to know you and I hope you you know that you have many other admirers besides me and that we just are cheering you on. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I need to hear that. That's, that's, that's wonderful. That's a lot. Thank you. You are a true talent. And there's a lot of people who are going to always be like, Chris, what what you making next? Yeah. What's what's next? Yeah. What's coming on? I'm gonna nag you about that. I know, I know, and I appreciate that because honestly, that keeps me inspired and it keeps me wanting Good. to work. There's nothing that's Good. more inspiring to me than watching my peers do their thing. Like mm. you guys inspire me mm-hmm. so much. Whenever I, even if it's a different form of expression, it's yeah. it's it's inspiration in general. Like so, when I when I have a hard time coming up with a podcast or doing an episode, I think, man, Julia working. I can't, I can't slip up. You know what I'm saying? That's what I do. Eva out here doing her thing. You know what I'm saying? Shane is doing her thing. I know. Shit, I I just seen some new shit with Danny. I should be jealous. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like all types of shit. I think that art, art inspires art. It does. I don't. It does. Yeah, I don't bite. If you don't let the ego get in the way, absolutely. But you don't. No, I don't. I, I, I love what everybody does, and I'm, I'm. I'm a big cheerleader for good art. In you general. are, you yeah, are. So, and that's and that's why I think why your art is at the caliber that it is. Because when you don't have an ego uh, involved, it, people can hear that. They can yeah. experience that. They know it's very obvious. Absolutely, like it's it's just great. And I love when I hear, I hear other people who enjoy yeah. the art. You know, like oh. I love getting feedback. I um to to make note of our last performance together, right? Yes. I got a I got a text from a friend and it was like, I saw your performance. You were amazing. And I was like, yes. Oh, thank you. And then she was like, But oh my God, who the fuck is Julia Massey? She was playing the two she was like her playing it's the my two keyboards. Circus track. Oh no, they were she was blown away. She was like, what in the entire fuck? And asked for your information immediately. Like, she was like, I well, need to know the music. I need to know the I, music. I, I was like, yeah. She was like, does she do that all the time? And I lied. I was like, yes, all the time. She, she's bored with one piano now. One, one keyboard doesn't uh, do Oh, yep. It was just part of the package deal. Part of the package deal. 
No, I will tell you right now on the record that I, I say this all the time, but it is an ongoing conversation that I have with Jared, my partner, husband, who mm-hmm. is in Warren Dunes. We are constantly saying, okay, so yeah, who, who, who's going to remind Chris that he needs to make another album? <laughs> who's it going to be? You want to do it or should I do it? Oh, man. It, it's it, like an ongoing thing because you are... Uh, you're, you are so talented. You are unlike anybody else I've heard, but I, I know you have been, you have many, many influences, but it's a kaleidoscope of influences. Thank you. And it's a very rich uh, mosaic. And that's, I think, why you're so unique, which is why I am going to nag you forever to just keep on going. So I appreciate that. I you're plan welcome. On it. I plan on it. I plan on working Good. on it. Um, at least, at least another solo album, at least two. Oh, at least, at least, at least. So I want to work on, on the next one just because I always feel like do music when you have a story to tell. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I don't, I don't believe, uh, sometimes I don't put out music for the sake of, I think that's how Mm. things get saturated and you Mm -hmm. just don't appreciate the music. I remember Mm. listening. Don't you remember listening to old artists? Like, man, I haven't heard from them in a while. Yes. And just being engulfed in it versus somebody who comes out with totally. something every week. Yes. It's like oh, you get lost 100%. and then the music gets yes. lost. So mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm, I always mm-hmm. come out with music when I was like, okay, I have something to say. And lately mm-hmm. I feel like I have something to say. And not just because of everything that's happening now on, you know, in the, in the news and everything like that, because of my personal experience and actually how some of that news affects me. But mm. my personal experience has been a it's been an amazing and I would say an interesting journey in life. Mm. And it's time for me to kind of work on that, that artistic um, expression and tell a story. Well, I am, I am on the edge of my seat and I am going to hold you to that because I want to hear it no matter what. In my opinion, you, you always have a story to tell, but if you're ready, like we are ready. Trust me. Very much. I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, thank you. This has been a joy to talk to you. Thank you. Great. Thank you. This is the best. Thank you, Chris. It's always good talking to you, even off air. Like we we talk a lot and it's good to catch up with you. Thank you so much. I have a quick question for you. Okay. Uh, Joff asked me to ask you why you fired him. I don't know. (laughs) And I was like, I don't know if that's a question that I should ask Julia. You know, you know what? You know what it truly was? You know what it truly, I, I fired Joff in a fiery rage um, when one day when he was just like, he was practicing some of his um, wushu in between songs at practice. And I was just like, that's it. That's it. You're out of here. Get the and fuck he moved to here, Canada. Though. And I was like, yeah. wow, I, when I, what I say goes. Mm. Yes. Shout out to Joff. Shout out. He's to always Joff. in the band. He's That's, in the band for life, and he yes, knows that. That is my engineer. I love him. Without Joff, <laughs> I do not have this company. Joff, Joff, he is GBG. Joff yes. is great. Yeah, it's he is. It's, it's great. I love it. Uh, that's exactly how I pictured it. I always, I have a yeah, fictionalized yeah. version of Julia in my head. <laughs> there's the Julia there's that I know and love, and then there's like me. the diva Julia. Um, yes, Jared. Jared. Yes, <laughs> it's a hardcore rock band. It is definitely. So, yes, I that's just me. That I was like, you should totally come out and open up for yourself as a different band. 
and then come out again and apologize for that man. Like, I'm sorry, they were so rude. That they, was they just horrible. Left. Like, they didn't I do anything. Believe- they left all their shit here. <laughs> so unprofessional. Exactly. Just, I can't even. Yeah. Who hired those guys? <laughs> I. Oh my no, god! A disgrace! A disgrace! And they always follow us. They always follow us. <laughs> Terrible. I <laughs> might have to. I might have to pull that off for you. Yeah, you just got to do it one time. Just called shit barf. Yeah. Thank you. Like we are shit barf, and we ain't everything. Yeah. Wow. Who Who is this opener? Exactly. I've never heard of them. This shit is barf. Awesome. Yeah, I think it's awesome. <laughs> So, but yes, uh, now nah, I, w- I want to thank you. Thank you so much for constantly being a good friend. Oh, and, right back at you. Yeah. And, and, and being so inspiring to me musically and personally, I think it's, it's always awesome to have well, friends, and, you know, yes. who, who do the music and who are well, agreed. doing the thing. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I feel the same way about you. And I feel like that is like you've been saying the inspiration to keep going. And we're very mm-hmm. lucky that we are all in this, in this community. together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Yay. We did it. We did it. We did it. We did it. Christoph. Yay. And I, and I, should I press stop on my track? Oh, no, no, no. Let me, let me do oh, okay. one more thing. Let me do one thing. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you all, everybody, for listening. This is the end of the season. I appreciate y'all. This is the end of season one. I started off, and if and if anybody was paying attention, I I am a sucker for like symmetry. Like the season started off with Jared. That's right, her husband, mm-hmm. her partner. <laughs> Jared ends with Julia. That's how I roll. That's how oh, I roll. So shit. that's how I do it. So it, it's been great. Uh, thank you all for listening. Um, remember to always, always, always uh, follow us and like like the podcast. Remember, Chris Talks, you can hear us on all these social media platforms. Of course, your, your Spotify, your SoundCloud, things like that. Thank you all for listening. I want to thank my friend Julia Bassey for interviewing me. Uh, she's a wonderful a human being. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, a, and what a, a dope treat. artist. So make sure you check her out. Make sure you check out Warren Dunes. Make sure you check out Thank her shit. Know. Like check out our old shit. Like the the <laughs> uh, the five finger discount. Like those are awesome. Which this is, is how we're gonna say goodbye. This is how we're gonna say goodbye. Okay. That's a great track. It's a you really might, good you track. You might be familiar with you the might, other person you on. You might it. recognize someone on there. Yeah. So it's great. So. Thank you all for listening. It's been a it's been a pleasure to inform everyone about what we do in different people's lives. So yes, and it's an honor to to bring you these stories. So thank you all for listening. And as usual, everybody, be good to your people. Boy. Peace. This program was brought to you by On Purpose Recordings. Created and produced by Chris Blunt. Mixed and edited by Joff Gibbs.